lot of people say and think that we travel and explore to find ourselves. But I really think it's a step further than that. I think it's not finding ourselves, it's creating ourselves. All right, everyone. Oh, I'm so excited. Again, I'm always excited to do podcast episodes. Today, I have a really, really special guest. So welcome, Tarek, to today's episode. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. So Tarek and I actually met in Bali. I know you already, but our audience might not know you yet. So let's start with some very quick questions just to kind of, you know, start this sure. conversation. So my very first question is, how long have you been nomading? For nine years. You're like a, like a grandpa in the nomad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I am. Uh... I started in 2013. I did it for a year. I did get sucked back into my corporate life in New York for a year. And then I relaunched it again in 2015. And I nomaded all over the world. Honestly, as of this moment, I'm not sure I can call myself a nomad because I spent the last two years in Bali, haven't left the island. But I'm kicking, I'm putting my nomad shoes back on next month and I'll be hitting the road again. Sweet. But I mean, we got to give ourselves some slack, right? It's a freaking <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> yeah. How do you sustain yourself these days? Uh, three years ago, uh, I launched an initiative called Nomads Giving Back. And it's all about inspiring nomads and global citizens to connect more locally and give back to the communities that they call home away from home. And a year ago, we launched Nomad Skillshare which is all about empowering you to learn the skills to live the life you imagined. And we're one organization, one social enterprise. And that's how I have been. We haven't quite made it financially sustainable just yet, but mm -hmm. the, that's how I spend my time and my energy. And uh, I see a future for that to be sustainable. Sweet. I really love that. So let's just give the URL already. It's nomadsgivingback.com, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, sweet. Yep. So... And we, and we also have uh, nomadskillshare.com as well. So for everyone who's listening today to this episode, thanks for being here also with us. But if you have any questions or you want to get like some of the tips that we're talking about today, we're going to put all the information in the show notes, including the links, and really, really make sure that you're going to check out Nomads Giving Back. Like it's, it's such a beautiful thing you're doing. And I'm so happy we met and I got the honor to have like personal conversations with you around this. It's very beautiful. You inspired me also to do, you know, like things for lo local communities. And it's, it's just very inspiring. Like goosebumps. I love that. So I'm very curious. How did you start at Nomads Giving Back? Yeah, sure. So my background actually was more corporate. I was living in the suit and tie New York City life, hopping around the skyscrapers for a dozen years in my career. And then, you know, I was feeling unfulfilled and a few serendipitous moments happened in my life. And it propelled me to buy that one-way ticket, take a leap into the unknown and become a nomad. And I knew that I want to get more into social impact. And so I started volunteering in different countries like Kenya and Zambia and China and did some fundraising in Bali. And along the way, I found these nomad hubs. And I fell in love with the nomads. You know, they're chasing down their dreams, leaving the conventional life behind, facing their fears. A lot of them are going after entrepreneurial efforts and creative ideas. Mm -hmm. And I knew I wanted to get an impact. So I would ask everyone, 
how do you connect with locals and how do you get back to the communities? Most of the time they'd say the same thing. I don't know. But if you figure it out, let me know because I want to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so when I heard that enough times, I realized there's this gap, there's this like opportunity to try to mobilize the collective power of the nomad movement to give back locally. And if we all put in a little bit of energy and time or share our skills, we're all better off and we'll get to know more about the places that we're living in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. I, I really love it. And where was your first Nomads Giving Back initiative? Actually, it was where you are in Brazil. Really? I, I was, yes. I gave a talk on something called the Nomad Cruise to 500 nomads about my personal journey, about the lessons that I've learned in my life, about chasing down my dreams, like exploring 100 countries, running 25 marathons, and to create a social enterprise. Those were the big three. You ran 25 marathons? Yeah. So I was basically just sharing my story and these three big dreams. But in the at the time of the talk, I didn't create the social enterprise that I was dreaming to do. So I used that opportunity to announce the vision for Nomads Giving Back. And then when we landed in Brazil on the cruise, our friend Johannes, the founder of Nomad Cruise, he asked me to lead the fundraiser that he does, the charity fundraiser, and to select the causes and interview them and figure out what to do with the funds that we raised. And so when we landed in Brazil, I met with several social causes and uh, did our first you know, impact project with them, held uh, an event in Rio. And then uh, a month later, I, I hopped over to Medellin, Colombia. And that's where we did a lot of our first real projects. And, and then for the past three years, we had 120 events in 10 different countries. Sweet. When you say you're running events, if someone wants to give back, like they join an event or how do they, how do you do that? So we think of it in like three categories. There's advocacy, like using your voice for social good. Uh, There's volunteering Mm -hmm. and there's fundraising slash donations. And so we really take a lot of pride in being advocates for so many local social causes around the world. And raising awareness of the good work that they're doing and trying to find ways to support them. We have a volunteer matching program. So if someone wants to give back in some way through their skills, we can make that happen uh, by partnering them with one of our you know, amazing social causes that we're close to. And, and then now with Nomad Skillshare, we're teaching skills to a global audience, to anyone at, at any level that is attracted to our courses. But we have also a buy one, give one program. So for every course that someone buys, we give a scholarship to a less privileged student from a local community. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So that's the, those are the main ways we're giving back. But I, I love now that we have a direct way of giving back as well through these uh, teaching skills and power. Yeah. The people are giving so much to us. You travel, <laughs> you enjoy the culture, the food, the people, the mu- like there's just so much. And this is obviously right. the beauty of traveling. It also comes with a lot of culture shocks. <laughs> absolutely i I love that while you're enjoying and being challenged you can actually give back i would love to speak a little bit about cultural challenges that you have experienced you've traveled over 100 countries so i'm sure you have a bunch of (laughs) cultural challenges (laughs) yeah absolutely i mean i have a whole bunch of different ones so the craziest thing i ever did in my travels was I drove a rickshaw, like a tuk-tuk 
across India from top to bottom for 4,000 kilometers. And I don't know if everyone knows what a rickshaw or tuk-tuk is, but it's basically like a golf cart. You know, it's, it's very weak. It's intended for city driving, not meant for highways or especially bad roads that I've come across. And I went through like from the very top to the very bottom of India and it broke down 20 times. And every time it broke down without fail, Within two minutes, somebody was there. Sometimes they would go straight to the engine without even coming to me and just start playing with it and <laughs> fix it. And I'd be off my way. You know, we like, thanks so much. And one of these times, someone was helping me translate because he spoke English, but no one else did. And then he said, we, they can't fix it. We have to take it to a mechanic. And he helped me figure out where one is. And it was like quite a while away. So he like stopped what he was doing, even though he was on his way to work in his nice clothes and just helped me push the damn thing for 45 minutes in the hot sun. You know, I have a tough time receiving sometimes. And so I was just like, thank you so much. You know, let me give you some money. And he was like, no, 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 I won't take any money. And when we finally got there and he's all hot and sweaty, we both were, and, you know, I said, listen, I have to, I have to give you something. What can I give you? And he said, nothing, please. And I said, please. <laughs> So then he finally like looked me in the eye, looked down at the ground, looked me back in the eye and said, will you be my Facebook friend? No, that's, so that's cool. all, that's all he wanted, you know, cause like they, they really value like connection and community and, you know, feeling like they can give back to a complete stranger doing a crazy thing, like driving a rickshaw that wouldn't happen everywhere in the world, you know? And I just think that in India, for, for whatever reasons their culture is different, that's the first thing they do. I mean, literally every single time immediately. You know, I used to joke. I would be like, once it broke down, I'd be like, look at my watch. I'd say, wait for it. And then within two minutes, someone was there. <laughs> oh, that, that's very beautiful. And what about maybe a culture shock that, that has put you way out of your comfort zone? I would say... When I started my travels and I want to get more into impact, I, I shared that I got into volunteering and I applied for this fellowship. And when you apply, they, they say, you, we get to place you anywhere. And I got accepted and they said, you're going to Kenya. And I had never visited Sub-Saharan Africa till that point. And I was a bit shocked even just thinking about it. And then when I, when I got there, I realized that this is exactly what I wanted. This is what I needed on my personal journey because I wanted to step outside my comfort zone. I wanted to question my assumptions. I wanted to help the people that needed the most help. And it was the most beautiful experience. And, you know, where to start? I mean, from just seeing, again, similar to India, the, the sense of community, the sense of resilience, of survival. I came from New York City wearing a suit and tie to being in some of the slums where people don't even see white people. You know, the little babies would cry because their older siblings tell them that, that white people are ghosts. <laughs> so it freaks them out. But the older kids like, would love like, running with us and chasing down and yelling, Mzungu, Mzungu, which means foreigner, foreigner, or white man. And this one time, I was on the western border of Kenya, and I wanted to hop into Uganda for a weekend. I, they just said, yeah, just hire a motorbike, you know, a driver to take you across, to take you to the border. 
And, uh, you know, I was a little bit nervous and I'm like, okay, take me to the border. It's taking longer than I thought. And at some point he says, okay, you can get off now. And I was looking around. I'm like, but where's the, the border? You know? And he said, oh, the border. What do you mean? I'm like the border to Uganda. He's like, you are in Uganda. Welcome to Uganda. <laughs> and I was like, wait. What about the border and where I pay the visa, get my passport? And he said, oh, I skipped that. Don't worry. You, I saved you $50. <laughs> and I just realized, holy shit, I just entered a country illegally in Africa. And I could end up in an African jail. <laughs> how am I going like, to exit the country when there's no stamp? I was like losing my shit. So then eventually... Like pretty quickly, some police came over because they saw like some weird thing going on with me and his driver. And they're talking in, in Luganda in the local language. A few minutes later, he's like, okay, get back on the scooter. I'm like, why? Where are we going? He's like, I'm taking you to the border. I'm like, good. That's where I wanted to go. <laughs> and he was mad at me. He said like, you know, you almost got me in trouble. You should pay me double. And I was like, you almost got me arrested. You should pay me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So I can imagine that, I mean, you said you lost your shit a little bit because it's like a really scary, you don't know what's going to happen. Do you have some tips that, yeah, that you could give when they're thinking about starting their journey, but they have high anxiety or questions around like, what if this goes wrong? What if that goes wrong? That's a great question. I mean, listen, we all know that we grow outside our comfort zone, right? Like if you take a circle Outside of that is where the growth happens. But then somewhere farther along is the danger zone where it could be counterproductive if you go past that. Like a running analogy would be if you never ran a 5K, you don't want to run an 84K tomorrow, right? You need to ease your way into it. But what I would like to encourage people to think about is that that danger zone is so much farther out than we think. We can take risks. I mean, we only have one life. And yes, things are going to happen. And sometimes we make mistakes or take the wrong gamble. But the missed opportunities that we miss because we're afraid of taking those risks, I think are way more costly. And generally speaking, right? There are very few times where I think, and I can't think of one off the top of my head, where I went too far, made the mistake. And I'm, I'm grateful for taking those leaps of faith because I wouldn't be who I am today. You know, they, they, a lot of people say and think that we travel and explore to find ourselves. But I really think it's a step further than that. I think it's not finding ourselves, it's creating ourselves, creating those life experiences that make us who we are. And that happens That happens outside the comfort zone and we got to take some risks. You know, life's uncertain, but that's the only thing we know. I'm, I'm grateful for whatever reasons that I was able to do some of these things that I didn't think I could have. Like the old me would never have thought about doing some of the things I did. When you can grow in one part of your life and conquer some fears, it then empowers you to feel like, well, if I can do this, then maybe I can do this part of my life. Maybe I can do this other impossible. And that's how I feel like it served me well the most. Yeah, I love what you say about a circle. I think that's also very easy for people to visualize. It's beautiful. And I know. Thinking a little bit about that journey, is there any belief or assumption that you had before you started traveling and that has changed completely from where you are today? Lots of things to share on that. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is I had and still have some insecurities, right? Mm -hmm. But part of those insecurities is because of this, you know, fear of judgment. And 
what's what what gets really interesting is when you surround yourself with non-judgmental or less judgmental people who have more similar values and more alignment in what we want out of life because then it creates this sort of expanded comfort zone right mm-hmm. so we grow outside the comfort zone but we can also grow within it if we make ourselves more comfortable with the people we're around and i truly believe that energies are contagious and so it's it's crucial for us to surround ourselves with the people who inspire us and who bring out the best in us and who see the best in us I think that that's where a lot of I was able to outgrow some insecurities. I mean, even hell, this podcast interview, that's where I'm not as insecure as I used to be because yeah. I, I did surround myself with people who saw the value and what I believe in and who I can be. And, and I think that's the, the number one thing that I've learned. That's a, that's a really good learning. Well, that's another one of the beautiful things about becoming a nomad or at least being able to meet new people is that... Sometimes the people who love us, the people who we've grown up with, they they hold us back from growing, but not necessarily intentionally. It's it's us playing the role of the identity that that we've have been to them in the past. And so when you're when you go off to a new place, you're now starting from where you're at now, and people see where you're at now, and you can almost like reinvent yourself easier. Yeah, when you're moving, just start creating other versions of yourself and you just keep doing that until you find something that you're like, hey, this is this is who I want to be or this is what feels most comfortable. And that goes along with a lot of failure. It's a lot of like trial and error. You might meet people that you love certain days and then at one point you feel like, oh, actually, this is not really my vibe. You change in life as well as you travel, as you grow, as you become an adult. It's it's not like I'm burning my old ashes. I'm just like going, explore new things, get new new environments. So talking about exploring new things, you have launched Nomad Skills Shared, which is an amazing initiative that you're doing. I would really, really love to speak a little bit more about that. Is it similar to Skillshare, that company? or we, We're all about empowering you to learn the skills to live the life you imagined. And we're starting with professional skills, uh, especially within the re- remote work world. <laughs> and we have led masterclasses and workshops and courses. We now have three courses available that are you can take as a self-paced and we'll be offering live cohorts on, on Zoom to do that as well. Mm. Um, the three courses we started with are how to get your dream online job, how to become a social media manager, and how to become a virtual assistant. Sweet. And we thought really hard about why to pick those three, right? And I, it, it might be obvious to you, but to explain a little further to your listeners, they are... How to get your dream online job is all about what's the process of finding a job. And the other two are actual skills that you can apply in a job or as a freelancer. And a lot of people are looking to aspire to become a nomad that might be in a job already or, or not, but they want to shift into it. And social media and virtual assistants has a lot of potential for people because they're not like Harvard degrees. They're very learnable skills that, that might not take years and years to figure out. And a lot of us have intuitive experience in this, not only to attract aspiring and early entry nomads, but also the local communities. You know, you don't have to become a nomad. You can just want to enter the remote work world. I would love the idea of people actually hiring people around them rather than some anonymous person, you know, support the local person around you. Definitely. So who would be the one that is teaching this course? 
So uh, my team and I, we created these three courses, Mm self-paced, and we teach them. And we're also launching a marketplace. So that way we can also make more value creation by sharing other types of courses that we're not currently offering. At the same time, raise awareness and collaborate with so many exciting nomad pioneers that have beautiful skills to share. So the courses are in English? Yes. Um, who is taking these courses? So it's basically for anyone or do you really... It's for any, yeah, it's for anyone. The scholarships are specifically for less privileged um, from more developing country type places. But the, the actual courses is at a level that anyone that find, would find value in learning social media management skills and virtual assistant skills should join us. Wait. Actually, we have a little gift here on the episode. I think this is our like second gift that we have at the Digital Nomads Daily podcast. But if you're interested in taking one of these courses or just at least check it out, they're offering a 10% discount right now of selected Nomad Skillshare courses. So you can check it out. We will put it also in the show notes. So you can definitely have a look there as well. So what is the future of, of Nomads Giving Back and Nomads Skillshare? I love the idea of creating more hubs. I would love to have like a Nomads Giving Back presence in the, the top nomad capitals in the world. So that way, when people arrive and they want to get back, they want to connect locally, there's, there's this there's people, there's a community to do that. And I would love to offer more and more courses and, and workshops, especially to local communities. So my, my vision would be to really make this more sustainable and have a greater impact on where we live. Beautiful. I, I really love it. So I always ask my guests to, to ask me a question. Absolutely. So I do have a question and it's a little similar to what you just asked me because I've been thinking about this. Where do you dream Digital Nomads Daily will be in, say, five years. Beautiful. My, my dream is to make Digital Nomads Daily the, the top platform that gives real stories, that provides practical knowledge, insights about this lifestyle. And instead of making it look so extremely glamorous really focus on everything and anything that's not very sexy, but that is so extremely helpful to know. So if people have questions about digital nomad lifestyle, working remotely, where to find a job online, what are the best Facebook groups to join? What, how do you give back? That they go on digitalnomadsdaily.com, they find all the resources that they, that they need, and then they go to the designated place. So mm-hmm. we are now really in the processing of opening up the platform for like advertisement. I have a very <laughs> clear vision of the companies and the people and the entrepreneurs that we want to connect with. And what's very exciting is that we are launching our remote job section, which is just like explanations, this is a virtual assistant. Here are the courses that you can take created by nomads. So we also want to support the nomad community by giving plays. Like, hey, you can offer your course here. I love it. I love it. That's so exciting. And I think it would be really valuable for the nomad movement. And we all know it's growing. I look forward to collaborating with you. So excited <laughs> to work with your team. All right. So I have one more question. People want to know more about you or Nomas Giving Back. Where where can they find you? 
Absolutely. So I love when people reach out to me. You're welcome to reach out to me directly. You can find me on LinkedIn and Instagram. LinkedIn is just my name. I'm sure it'll be below. My Instagram is tarb.world. Yeah, I would love for you to join our communities at Nomads Giving Back and Nomads Skillshare. Pretty easy to find. You just look up nomadsgivingback.com and nomadskillshare.com and the handles are the same. Reach out to us. We'd love to help you. We'd love to connect with you. Yay! Awesome. 